Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of The Equal Yoke. The Equal Yoke exists to uh, equip Christian families be equally yoked in their theology in order to plow ahead in the Great Commission. Welcome to Season 2, again, of The Equal Yoke. Episode 1, we did an Episode 0 kind of crash course catch-up on where we've been for the past year. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely yet ever-growing like my love for the Lord, co-host and wife, Morgan. Hi, guys. Very pregnant. I still have, I still have some more pregnant to get. You do have some more <laughs> pregnant to get. So the equal yoke, again, we are seeking to equip Christian families be equally yoked in their theology in order to plow ahead in the Great Commission. If you've not uh, caught up with us and listened to episode zero of season two, then we do encourage you to listen to that. You can listen to it on um, all your podcasts, major podcast platforms. Uh, or now, as you can see, haha, unless you're listening to this on audio, you can see then us you catch see up on YouTube because we are now doing video content as well. So you can see and hear and all of these things. And so we're not going to rehash out all that stuff with episode zero. That's like a preface or a like an epilogue to what we're going to be doing, but we're we're kind of retooling the equal yoke, and it's not necessarily rebranding or making it something different. This is kind of what it was always intended to be, and we finally got some good insight, like Proverbs 3 talks about. Get wisdom. Get insight. Did you read Proverbs? I did. I read it this morning. Good. A proverb a day keeps... Our stupidity at bay. And, yeah, good one. <laughs> So, here's the plan. We're going to give you a little intro of what's going on. We are going to be laying out a foundation for Christian households. Um, We know that the primary thing that every Christian household needs is an equally yoked theology. That does not mean that you're a hive mind and that if you don't all read the same translation and use the same highlighters and wear the same, all that weird stuff, you know, that kind of stuff, like Orwellian. No, we're, we're talking about helping and equipping families have discussion about their theology so that if there's underlying tensions or presuppositions or things that maybe could cause some conflict, that they can be discussed and that your family can be healthier based on the solid rock foundation of the Word of God. Yeah, we want to make sure that everyone's aware that these things actually do matter um, because how you live your life is essentially theology applied. Mm. And so it's going to come to the surface eventually, and we can't play the whole, well, we just don't talk about that game yep. <laughs> because it eventually have to get talked about. Yeah, and even if you don't talk about it um, and you just sweep it under the rug constantly— the way you live your life is going to show that. Yeah. You'll walk on eggshells or you'll just, you will consciously make you and your family just stay in like the shallow end. And people think that there's a a divide between being spiritual with no depth of just, I love Jesus, it's all these things, or you're like an egghead with no love for God. But the thing is, is in Revelation 2, Jesus tells the church of Ephesus, you're doing an awesome job. I love you because you have right understanding have right, about me. Right doctrine, yeah. But you've forgotten your first love, which implies what? You you can you're supposed to have both. both. It's supposed to be this yeah. intense love for God 
fueled by this intense knowledge of God. And so that's what we want to do. We want every household to be equally yoked in their theology. I would rather have a household that maybe that's Christian, that maybe doesn't line up with where we do with doctrinal convictions and stuff like that, but just be on fire for the Lord to use that kind of cliche term. But everybody's synced up yeah. instead of it being, well, mom's like super Pentecostal, but dad's almost, he's about halfway Greek Orthodox. You know, he's wearing robes around the that's house. That's getting and a comeback here lately. It is getting a I've comeback. I've had some people message me on Instagram yeah, we can have a conversation. You know, all these things. So that's the plan. And here's the quick little map. Um, each episode, we're going to try to keep it at 20 to 25 minutes. This one may be 30 just because we're giving an overview of wherever we're going. But the map is this. Each season, we're going to help you build a household systematic theology so that you're not going, well, I don't know what to do about this, or what about this topic? We're going to to walk you step-by-step through these various topics and doctrines. And this first episode is an introduction on some of the terms that you're going to hear and some of the concepts. So I guess without further ado, let's get started. Well, actually, as a preface. We do need to make this preface. For those of you that are watching, oh, we need to address a few things other than Morgan being pregnant. Number one, the next like three episodes, we're going to be wearing the same thing because we're recording a bunch of them at once. I, you have more clothes than just that. I do. Yeah. Granted, some of them are getting a little too small, but yeah. So don't be concerned. Uh, number two, we do have our own fancy little, you know, switcher and, and all this stuff now. So we're stepping up. We are. We want to produce the best content that we possibly can with the amount of income that we have right now so that we can be of benefit to you. And we pray that it equips your family and it, um, refines your walk with Christ. Lastly, thirdly, um, for those of you, when you see the zoomed out shot and you're watching this, please please don't blow me up for wearing Crocs. Okay. <laughs> Cause these are special. They're, they're home Crocs. As my daughter calls them, they're my home crockers because I only wear them inside the house and they have fuzzy stuff inside of it. So it's like the best of both worlds. You get the croc and you get the house shoe. So if you want to come at me about me wearing my home Crocs, I'll probably just say really mean stuff about you online and never talk to you again. Because you talked to them to begin with. Right. So get over <laughs> it. Anyway, as we get going with season two of the Equal Yoke, season two is going to be all about helping you begin forming that that equally yoked household theology. And the whole season is basically about our foundation in theology, which is the Bible. So as we get going with this first episode, we want to get some foundational stuff laid. Households, they they all have foundations, every one of them, and households have rules, right? We're talking about the, the entity of a household, not a, an actual house. Yes, houses have, have foundations. Yes. Um, we're talking about the entity or the institution of a household. When we say the word household, you can uh, insert family or a unit, a family unit, whatever you want to do. But households have foundations, Meaning what? They have a standard, and they have rules. By nature, a Christian household is founded on Christ, given that it's called a what? A Christian household. Yeah. 
a Christian Pretty household. Self-explanatory. I hope. So, so he rules not only the individual, but the the family or the the household and the church and society because he's Lord of all. Those are your four spheres of 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 rule that we see in Kyperian sphere sovereignty. So, here's the thing, Morgan. Everyone has a theology. I agree. Everyone, even the most avowed atheist, has a theology. Why is that? Um, that would be because, as R.C. Sproul told us, everyone is a theologian. Yes, everyone is a theologian. Um, so I actually remember teaching this to our daughter, I'd say at least two years ago, um, which we were just learning some terms for her to just start to put some meat Mm. down. And this was one of the first words on her flashcards that we learned. And what's funny is it's extremely simple. It's actually just the study of God and his works. That's what the definition Mm. is. But uh, for some reason in modern evangelicalism, it has a very negative connotation and seen as a bad thing. Uh, I can almost guarantee you've heard someone say, I don't need theology. I just need Jesus. Which is a theology. That is a theology. <laughs> and you proclaiming Jesus Christ then infers that you need to probably know about him. Right. <laughs> Amen, sister. Insert like the, like, woo, yes, kind of meme or gift thing right there. Uh, so what did you say that you were teaching Nova? The simple, the very, it's not dumbed down. I think it's no. very accessible. What's your definition of theology? It's the study of God and his works. The study of God and his works. So we, this episode, this first episode of season two is going to be laying down definitions because if we can't agree with what we're talking about um, and putting down for you all that are listening and watching, then we're going to be on two different pages. Like Amos 3.3 says, if... How can two walk together if they don't agree to meet? Yeah. Right. So we we need to agree to meet. Come, let us reason together, uh, like a, the Lord says in Isaiah. So you're going to be hearing the words theology, systematic theology, household systematic theology, doctrine. We want to lay down these terms so we're all on the same page and that things are clarified. Maybe, like Morgan said, you have a an idea that's incorrect or deficient or anemic of, of what some of these words mean. And you've got to kind of unlearn. So theology is the the study of study God of God and His works and His works. So I I did a little bit more of a formal research. Uh, you know me; I've got to have my my sources. I like my at- academic sources. So this is like a, a compilation of of some wonderful theologians that I would refer any of our listeners to: Herman Bavinck, Abraham Kuyper, and Louis Burkhoff. This is kind of a, an amalgamation of their... That was a nice word. Amalgamation of theology. The task of studying God as he has revealed himself in his word. And there was an older definition that was used, and is still used, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but the science or art of knowing God. So if we want to make it even more condensed, theology is simply the the is knowing God. Yeah. The the art or the science of knowing God, knowing God by J.I. Packer read it. It's a good book. Theology is simply knowing God. What do you know about him? 
So, Morgan, if someone came up to you and said, what do you know about God? What would you say in reply? I could probably say a lot of things. I would probably start with uh, creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's where a lot of people tend to start is uh, he is the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Genesis in the very beginning. Yep. And then Bible. Yep. He revealed G- himself to us in his word. Uh, you know, who he is, Trinity. Yep. Um, prophets, Moses, blah, 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 blah. Get all the way down to the cross, all these things. So when you are asked or you're asking the question, tell me what you know about God, and then you start somewhere, what you're doing is formulating what's called systematic theology. Now, that may seem like a $10 word to you, and you may not have any idea what that means. Um, Maybe you've been in a Christian bookstore or you've been browsing a great online Christian bookstore like Reformation Heritage Books or Westminster Bookstore or, you know, Logos, something like that, and you see these categories called systematic theology, and you're like, what is that? That's just for seminarians and professors and and stuff like that. But it's not. It's actually for every single Christian because every single Christian has a systematic theology. I would argue every person has a systematic theology. So, what is systematic theology? That sounds way too fancy, Morgan, doesn't it? It would if I haven't hadn't lived with you for the past <laughs> <laughs> eight years. All right. John Frame, um, brilliant man, uh, theologian. John Frame says this, Systematic theology is any study that answers the question, what does the whole Bible teach us today about any given topic concerning God? So systematic theology, think of it like this. When you hear the word systematic, especially in our day and age, we hear that, and it's usually uh, connected with something really dumb like systematic racism, right? But we hear that, and this is what it should make us think of. Systematic theology is simply categorizing everything the Bible teaches about a certain topic or concept or doctrine for the purpose of seeing the big picture about said topic or concept or doctrine, seeing it all at once. It's like big, big chunks of you be able to see. So let's say that we were going to do, again, we're doing the Bible for season two, uh, season one of video, and we get this big overview of the doctrine of the Bible, and we systematize it. Okay, what does the Bible say about itself? Why do we need the Bible? And we go through the list. You get these big overviews, and then you can zoom in on some of the particulars. Is that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. It's systematic or systematizing things. That's that's a natural human tendency. Think about um, man in the garden. What was he doing? What was one of his tasks? Yeah, to name the animals. To name the animals. He was simply imaging God who systematized the world. Right? You've got night and day, land and sea, uh, land creatures, air creatures, all, uh, sea creatures, all these things. We system Systematic or systematizing things is built into us. 
And so when we systematize theology, what we're doing is just taking what the Bible says about God, knowing God, and putting it into little categories so we can better understand them and better synthesize them. Now, I just said a word that a lot of people may do the the shriek, green hair, like, ah, the, you know, that, that stuff, doctrine. Doctrine. Morgan, what's what does doctrine mean? Doctrine is another word that you can have a really simple definition because it literally just means teaching. Yep. It means teaching. We have this reactionary, uneducated, super spiritual, Gnostic response of a lot of, honestly, terrible pastors and teachers that are manipulating people emotionally that says you don't need doctrine thrive on emotionalism. You can't bring doctrine in because you don't need doctrine. You just need, you just need that experience with the Holy spirit with the Lord doctrine, doctrine divides. Oh, doctrine. So divisive. Well, that's actually, that's a doctrine. It is. is for The Bible to actually cut and heal. Uh, but, Saying doctrine's divisive is a doctrine because doctrine, according to the literature, means teaching. It comes from a Latin word to teach. It just means teaching. So if you hear us say doctrine, we're not talking about these big ivory tower concepts. We're just saying the biblical doctrine of creation means what what the Bible teaches about creation. Yeah. It's not like some sort of, well, let me... uh thumb through my uh, Latin text here and I, let me uh, see I have to translate it. No, this is what, no. It's what it teaches. Doctrine just means teaching. Okay? Capiche? We all on the same page? All right. We're there. We're there. We need to define a couple more things as we wind down. If this content and this show or whatever you want to call it is designed and focused on equipping Christian households formulate a household systematic theology. Well, now we've added another qualifier to theology and then systematic, and now we've got a household in front of that. So what does that mean? Uh, If a Christian household claims to be Christian, yes, we are Christians, then they're claiming to be founded on the, the word of Christ, his solid word, Matthew 7, and the reason uh, they would do that would be they claim to be Christians. They believe that they are saved. They go to all these things. That would lead them to have this household naturally function within its own systematic theology. It would naturally function with its own systematic theology, rather. So what the family knows and believes about God and the various topics and doctrines that it that the Bible teaches about God. We're going to focus on Christian families. I know I can we can keep having the qualifier of all families, whether you're Christian or not, have a theology and a systematic a household systematic theology. But Christian families, we're, we're this is the purpose, right? We're we're equipping them. Um, every household has a systematic theology and functions with those concepts and with that rule 
of systematic theology, and many of them are unconscious about it. Yeah, no, Let's talk about that for just a second. Yeah, I think it takes us back. I think the last episode we mentioned um, that Sproul had said in his book that everyone's a theologian. It's just if you're a good or a bad one. Mm-hmm. So every every household uh, believes something. Every Christian household has a set of beliefs, which would be your theology, your doctrine. It's just where are you getting that from, and is it actually um, is it biblical? Is it are you taking every thought captive in your home? And are you actually uh, raising your children in these ways? Is it cohesive? Yeah. Is it cohesive or is it very just sporadic? Um, because mom believes one thing, dad believes another thing. Yeah, Kids don't know what there, to think. Are there lots of areas that are unequally yoked, uh, causing tension? Yeah. So you just don't talk about it or when you do, it becomes like a pet thing and dad can't stop talking about it. So it just causes fights all the time. That kind yeah. of stuff. Every household has a systematized theology. Again, breaking it down, every household, every Christian household has a categorized system of beliefs of what they believe and know about God. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just varies on (laughs) not even good or bad, but how much to. are, Are you okay with just entering right into Christianity and hanging out there? Or do you believe that these things are necessary to know and to learn and to grow in uh, as a family and as an individual? Because ultimately our purpose as a Christian and then as a family, as a household, is to what is to do exactly what Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. And that is to fulfill the Great Commission uh, because he has all authority. He now has told us that we have a job to do. And that job is to Go out and make disciples. Well, how do you make disciples? Well, baptize them and teach them. You have to teach them what to obey. And if you don't know what those things are, if you can't do or the who te- you're obeying, yeah, or who you're obeying, if you can't do the teaching, then you cannot fulfill ultimately your purpose uh, as a Christian of how the kingdom is supposed to grow. And you know, taking that concept of the Great Commission of um, you know. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Where does it start? It started locally, and the most local place that you can start, dear beloved, dear beloved Christian, is your home. Yep. That's where your dis- discipling needs to start. It, Yes, it's your neighbor. It's the guy down the road. It's it's somebody that you work with. But if you neglect your family for all those things, you're trying to jump to the ends of the earth with and neglecting Jerusalem. Yeah. You, you cannot do that. Um, so the purpose of the equal yoke is to make that Christian household theology not unconscious or dormant, but to wake it up. Yeah. And and we want you to have and allow loving, it to bring joy to have your home. joy. Yes, you you take the That's words. That's what out of it truly mouth. it. It's not like Zach mentioned. It's not something that is just full of all this head knowledge. Like we mm. just desire to sit around and just have no emotion. Yeah. And just strictly disciple our kids and it it's joyful. Yeah. Um now we want to be transparent in equipping Christian households to begin to consciously formulate a household systematic theology. There will most likely be 
some conversations that may have some tension in them of you believe that i didn't i didn't know that you believe that about x about creation or eschatology or salvation or anything or it may be or maybe you do know that they believe that but now the lord has been refining you in this yeah. area and you you have to figure out okay how how can i bring you along with me so this is not to make households you know, war zone. You're agreeing to meet together, unless the Lord builds the house. Those who labor do it in vain. Labor do it in vain. If you say the Lord's building your house, and you are part of His household as a child of God, and you're agreeing to meet together, whether you're single, whether you're married, or even if you're a widow or widower, this still applies because you are still living within a household. What What are your rules? Um. We want you to have these conversations, not to cause fights, but we want you to have these conversations in charity and love. And the thing is this, as you begin to formulate your systematic household theology, there are going to be different paces. People, God has designed each person fearfully and wonderfully, some people more fearfully than others, Um, but... Some people just grasp things and are, I guess, able to become more steadfast in these types of things quicker than others. And um, some of these topics, I believe, like we've even had this conversation, uh, some of these topics, if you were to have them with someone who had never heard of this before or who had um, grown up in uh, maybe a background that might have been hostile to said topic. Uh, if you are very quick to just jump on board, but not actually dive into the word mm. and look into some of these resources of great godly men, but you're very easily swayed. We don't want that to happen either. Mm. Like be okay with putting in the time. Yeah. If, um, if you hear an episode of this or you come across this resource and it's you know, if the Lord would allow four or five seasons down the road and we're talking about something like atonement theories. Well, hello there. Atonement theories. And you're like, well, I've never heard of any of that. Okay, that sounds good. Like we want to yeah. give you the the tools. This to, is to spark the your tools own to have re- study. To research and study and love yeah. the Lord. And um, to take every thought captive and to search the scriptures like a Berean and to think about these things, to be like James 1 says, be quick to hear, then slow to speak and slow to anger, which means what you quick, you're quick to hear and then you, you, you're intentional, you, just, you think, think, you chew it. on it. Why do you think so often we hear in the Psalms specifically the word of God, we, you're, it's like we're eating it. The psalmist talks about eating it or meditating on it, chewing on it. It goes down into the inner parts of the soul. It takes a while. You have to digest it. So don't be flippant. Um, but realize that if you're in a household that has, you know, husband and wife or and kids or just husband and wife, these things, whether it's you're young Christians or you're you are married and have kids, but you came to Christ later, whatever the case may be, um, be patient with one another and be loving because Someone most likely is going to be a little bit ahead and it's going to be kind of a wax and wane. And um, 
each episode uh, of this, we're going to give examples and give talking points of application uh, for you to have. This isn't just theory. This is application. So our example tonight as we close, or right now as we close, it is tonight when we're recording, and example and application is just talking about when we first got married. We were talking about this at dinner tonight, and it was just, we, we actually ended up talking about an hour about it because uh, we just marvel at the wondrous works of God. So why does all of this matter? Well, this isn't three or theoretical. This is lived experience from us of why it, it 100% genuinely matters. So as we close, let's just give like another two or three minutes uh, talking about when we first got married, our backgrounds, how they clashed, how we had to talk these things out, how that came about, how it was, how it was difficult, um, how it was tense sometimes, but uh, how the Lord saw us through that and gave us strength to do that and then challenge you in this first episode of season two to sit down and say, okay, yeah, I do have a theology. Theology is important. Yep. Obviously, we systematize things. Okay, well, I need to start thinking in broad terms of theology and categorizing it. Okay, well, what do I believe about God? What do I believe about the Bible? What do I believe about the resurrection? What do I believe about miracles? What do I believe about I mean, you can even get really intrigued. What do I, what do I believe about Moses, right? You know, these the historical aspects of it. So when we first got married, um, I'll, ladies first, I'll let you start. Oh, geez. We got to keep this short, don't we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just want me to tell you, like, background, like where I was when we first got yeah, married? Yeah, we can just do that briefly. Yeah. Okay, so I I was very much wrapped up in the, um, charismatic, mm, I don't know if necessarily word of faith that was definitely in there, but much more just charismatic doctrines, bad. Um, I, I was the one who would have said, I don't need theology. I just need Jesus. Very ex- emotion, much emotionalism. Everything was an experience and, um, I didn't have any knowledge to ground me in who God was. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time was leading others into somehow right. worshiping him. Right. You were put on a stage because you could sing and and you were thrust into unbiblical positions. Yeah. And so me, my background when we got married was, my background was I was honestly a, like a weird mix of a lot of stuff. Like I grew up Methodist, but then there's Baptist stuff in there and then there was there was some Pentecostally charismatic stuff in there and then all this stuff. And then long story short, I was like a young restless reform guy. I got turned on to, um, sorry, it was Mark Driscoll got me into reform theology. Hate me, fight me. I don't care. I'm not ashamed to say it either. Even though he's a whacker doodle now. Um, I got turned on to that and it just, it was progressive. Like I was listening to that Mars Hill when we got married and it just kept getting more and more and more. And then I find it just finally all clicked one day. And I tried to have a conversation with you about a couple of things. And um, you didn't talk to me all, for for a couple of days. We were yeah. freshly married. It, it was it was it was hard. And so I think bottom line is like it absolutely 100 percent caused much tension. 
in our right. marriage. But that's because we didn't address, one, we didn't address things up front because yeah. we were naive. These are things that single guys and gals, if you're... Do this. <laughs> you know, these are things you need to discuss. Um, if you discuss things with a potential spouse and it's, uh, well, I like to read the NASB and she likes to read the ESV, big whoop de doo You're good. But if, if he's like, no, salvation's by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, and she's like, Jesus died on the cross for my sin, but like I have to do good things or else. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have some conversations yep. because this matters. Um, so that's what the purpose of the equal yoke is, and this is what it's always kind of be, uh, been intended to be. So... We want to equip you Christian families to be equally yoked in your theology so you can plow ahead in the Great Commission. You're going to do that by actually knowing what you believe about God, forming your own systematic theology for your household. Any last words for this first episode of Season 2? I think I would just, like, my point of application would be don't seek comfort in the shell end of Christianity. Mm. Don't stay there just because it's not controversial, possibly in your in your family, because you don't have to bring things up. Don't seek comfort there. Uh, be willing to do the work and do the work together. Yes, and as the Westminster Shorter, question number one is what man's chief in is, was a chief man and a man. I, I'll sing Brian's <laughs> song. Uh, what is the chief end of man? man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever and to enjoy him forever. How are you going to glorify God and enjoy him forever? If you don't know him and know how to glorify him. Yeah. Christianity is not some one and done. Like I prayed a prayer, fire insurance, I'm forgiven. And then you go on with life. It is a, it is a faith. It's a life of sanctification. It's a life of sanctification and it's a life of study. That's why whenever um, uh, Islam came on the scene, you know, six, seven hundreds A.D., and they started persecuting Christians, there's a reason why they called Christians the derogatory name of the people of the book. That's not derogatory to me. That's what it should be. We should be people of the book because we need to know our God and um, be able to profess him before others and actually know what we're talking about and your household needs to function in him because we live and move and have our being in him. So there's episode one of season two. How about some outro music? Does that sound cool? And we'll even do like a camera switch here. (laughs) Zoomed in. All right. Episode two of season two will be coming uh, at you here in just a moment. Morgan, it's been a pleasure. Yes, we'll be wearing the same thing next time. Two more times, actually. Two more times, all right. (laughs) So thank you for listening to the Equal Yoke show podcast. I guess you call it show and podcast. No, showcast? Sure. Vodcast? Mm, That sounds like vodka. There's going to already be somebody's already going to say, oh, snap, they're talking about alcohol. You can't listen to them, the bunch of liberal Christians up in there, whatever. Thank you for listening and watching to the Equal Yoke 
would you like, share, subscribe, whatever it is, leave ratings on your podcast platform so we can get this content to more people. If this has been beneficial to you, please reach out to us so that we can know how we can minister to you more. And we pray that we yoke up together, link up together again on the next episode to plow ahead for the Gospel and Great Commission. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Godspeed.